Hello and welcome to Backstage With, a new series of podcasts where I, Kiara Lari, take you on a journey discovering backstage roles in theatre. Today I'm joined by a very exciting and special guest. Please tell us who you are and what you do. Hi Kiara, I'm Danielle Johnley and I'm part of the hair and makeup team here at The Lion King at the Lyceum Theatre. So, hair and makeup, that's a very interesting and large department. So what exactly does it involve? The hair and makeup department here at the Lyceum, we're responsible for the face painting, the beauty makeup, the styling of wigs, and the maintenance. We're marrying the character to the costume. I mean, you can, you can watch any dress rehearsal, and it won't be complete without hair and makeup. That's actually incredible because on a show like The Lion King, hair and makeup is a huge absolutely. thing. When they're, you're turning regular people into animals. Into characters, absolutely. And even, like for example, Scar, sometimes the makeup is used to depict a certain character. Um, and then sometimes it's purely for beauty, for cosmetic. What's so beautiful about this show is a lot of it has tribal representation. So you'll see that with Mufasa's makeup with Rafiki, with um, Simba. I was just going to ask you, if you guys, to create the characters, to create the, the, the animals, do you go from the movie, like the Disney movie, or do you like do the research on the tribe and everything? How, does, how did you get the inspiration to create the looks and the hair and the makeup for all these characters? Well, that's all Julie Taymor and Michael <laughs> Ward. I mean, their thought process is absolutely genius, actually. When you read the books on The Lion King or listen to any documentary, the thought process that went behind it to really represent the tribes and their nuances from the music to set to costume. I mean, there's so many cool factors to all of it and the intricacies that you don't really get to see from the audience. And actually, it's a reason to come back two or three times because the more research, the more you see. Just for example, um, for the lionesses, none of their corsets are the same. They're hand beaded, first of all. They don't need to go to that length. Um, they're hand beaded and none of them are the same. It's like a fingerprint. It's absolutely um, genius. You know, that sounds so special because you get these, um, you, go, you go see a show and you see regular people, but this is something that's so like beyond the realm of like what we can even see in real life that it's like the creativity and the inspiration that you have to get there is just so magical that there's no other word for it really. Absolutely. But specifically with hair and makeup, can you describe a little bit about what you do day to day to create these magical, amazing looks? Yeah, we have in our department six persons, six makeup artists. So we have the head of department, the deputy and four assistants. Each one has their own role. So day to day, you'll be assigned your track and um, there are five of them. And then you follow the responsibilities that are highlighted on that track. So it would include things like making sure all of the makeup brushes are clean, you have all your paints relevant to your character, making sure your space is clean, all your wigs are styled. You may want some pictures out for reference because we do swap tracks, which is nice because it keeps it uh, fresh. That's good, so you're not necessarily doing the same routine like every single day? No, we're not. We probably might be on a track for like a week to two weeks. Sometimes you can come in and maybe someone's off and you'll switch a track. So it's nice to have that, have that photographic reference because um, although you do it all the time, you just need to refresh because you get in the routine of a particular track that you're doing. 
Another question. How does your department then, hair and makeup, how do you guys work with the other departments to make everything run and look smooth? Oh, this is absolutely a team effort. <laughs> One cannot exist without the other um, successfully representing their vision. Um, even with uh, wardrobe, they may be changing people and you're doing makeup at the same time. So you have that nonverbal communication, who stands where, who does what, but we all have that same goal in mind, get the actor on stage with their costume and their makeup and um, ready to do their show. So you work together with the costume department as well and the actors as well. I wonder, how much do you guys get to work with the actors individually? So you do have your your track of things to do. Then during the show, do you like pop backstage and like Absolutely. fix makeup? The nice thing about musical theater is you really form a family. Your hair six days a week, eight shows a week. You're constantly interacting with them. Um, these are people. <laughs> We're all people just conversing and, and, and wanting to get things done. Um, so you form relationships, of course. And we have 30 minutes to 45 minutes with principal actors. So that would include Zazu, Timon, Pumba, Simba, Nala, Rafiki, they all come up before the ensemble come up. So once we have that done, then we start doing the ensemble. And then according to your track sheet, you may go downstairs, start stage right, stage left, or just in the bunker, but you'll follow your responsibilities to suit. What is the bunker? The bunker is just basically at the bottom <laughs> where oh. everything happens, substage. Oh, substage. Oh, that's cool. So either way, you're going to be around the main stage like you're basically in the theater the whole, throughout the whole show depending on what track yes because sometimes maybe someone's paint came off so you're always walking around with your belt that has the different paints and brushes just in case you have to do a touch-up or a sweat check or maybe a wig needs to be fixed so you're always around and um and willing to help has there been a time where there's been like something crazy go wrong, like a, a wig flew off or something. Oh, like, what's the most funny story you have within funny. working It's here? not funny when you might get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I think the worst that ever happened to me, Timon's wig came off on stage. I guess this is the relationship that you have with the different departments as well. It needed to be communicated that the poppers needed to be changed, you know? So he went and he just flung his head back and off came the wig and he just had to continue. So naturally, one of us will run downstairs and try to fix it and pin it until we can um, actually fix it. But um, lots of things happen. It's live theater. And that's why we're downstairs, because we know things can happen. And maybe also even for the actors, there are always people that they're called swings. They're always half ready to go on stage just in case maybe someone fell, maybe someone doesn't feel well. There's always someone there to um, fill in. So who's the hardest character to make up then? The hardest is definitely Zazu. He looks very simple, he's blue and white. <laughs> but the blending has to be perfect or it looks, the, the contrast is too stark. Um, the blending and then the shape of the white, it just needs to be perfect. <laughs> you have to take time and really think about where you're placing everything, which brush you're using and why you're using it. It's not simply just slap on some face makeup. That's where your skill and your expertise comes. I guess that's the important as well, the importance of knowing what you're doing. And it's so much more than just putting on white and blue Absolutely. paint. Absolutely. You need to be a thinker. <laughs> other than being a thinker, what other qualities do you think someone should have if they want to do this job? You have to be a people person. You're constantly interacting with the actors and different persons from um, different departments. 
be personable, be a very good listener, because you all have the same goal in mind and you need to be communicating well to know what is it that you need me to do? What is it that you need me to contribute to this greater goal? Absolutely a listener. Um, and understanding the vision of the director and the creators and staying true to that. And um, you, team is so important because sometimes you could mess up, you're human. And there'll be someone else that can pick up the slack or help you with something that maybe you didn't see. Um, team is absolutely important. You know, I love that this is the kind of job, at least from what you're saying, it seems that you're not just working by yourself in like no. a little corner and on or like on a screen and you don't see anyone or talk to anyone. You don't feel isolated, it seems. You, no. have, you, you really do make a family. That's how you're talking absolutely. about Absolutely, absolutely. And you spend the most time with these people here at work. So you want to have a nice... Um, environment that feels family-like because you're here a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So if I wanted to then get into hair and makeup, how would I go about doing this? Definitely research the schools and make sure that you have tutors that are in the industry because half the time those are the people that give you your first jobs. Also, depending on where you want to branch off into, make sure that they're teaching those uh, modules so you can't, for example, study beauty makeup and then want to come and do face painting at the Lion King. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you need to make sure that you have some form of vision as to where you want to go or choose one that just encapsules everything so you can make that decision later on. So would you recommend definitely studying and like training to get to this, to where you are now, for example? Absolutely. One for the wisdom that you will get, the insight from your tutors. Also, that's the network that you're creating. So for example, I contemplated studying in the States, but I would have had to return here. I have no network when I come back, you know? So those people that you're studying with, those are the people that may help you to get your first jobs. So also be pleasant at school <laughs> because they may not recommend you. <laughs> <laughs> so just general be nice. That's always, be always nice, great advice. Be nice, be open and um, a good communicator. And you can always tell people that want to be a part of a team and people that just want to work for themselves. And, they, and, and that's not bad if you're going to be a freelancer. But if you want to be a part of a team, there are certain skills um, socially that you need to hone. How is freelancing work in this industry then? Would you do you know? Yeah, so I was a freelancer. I started off as a freelancer and what you call, we would call ourselves deps. So you're a deputy assistant. So for example, I was working at three different musicals. And so just depending on who wants you at that time, you'll just put that in your agenda and you'll go to different places. And that's nice. Um, you definitely are exposed to more skills. You're definitely creating a, a bigger network and growing in different ways because everyone ha will contribute to your development in a different way. What exactly motivated you to then shift off to a more permanent role in uh, getting here, for example, to The Lion King? I actually thought I would depth for a lot longer. It suited my lifestyle and I was really happy with the skills that I was acquiring. Lion King was my goal all along from school. Um, so when the opportunity came up to have a more permanent position, I absolutely jumped at it because I also love the team and that's really important. Like a lot of the time, and this is for new graduates as well, you want to jump at opportunities that you're not yet equipped for. And um, it might sound nice and it looks great on your resume, but a reputation doesn't leave you. You can go in and be way above your head. Um, so take your time and, and build your skills, hone your skills. And then when you feel like you have reached a point where you can actually contribute to a team like this, then you can put yourself forward. And I felt it was the right time for me. 
And like I said, I absolutely love my team. And that is a huge thing, again, when you're six days a week. <laughs> <laughs> so how does working in hair and makeup within theater differ from working in hair and makeup in like film, for example? What, what makes theater special? Theater is different because you're doing the same thing every day which could sound monotonous, but it's actually not. And that was actually something that deterred me at first because I thought, I don't want to do the same thing every day. But no day is the same. <laughs> you could do the same thing, but you feel different. Maybe your actor comes in in a different mood. Maybe you don't have the right paint. There's always other factors around that make the day different. And also, I remember, uh, because I used to be a dancer, my director said to me, you're only as good as your last performance. So every day, I'm not thinking that I'm doing the same thing again because I'm thinking differently the next day. Oh, I want this to be better. You can never be, you do find contentment, but you're always learning as an artist and you always want to remain in that frame of mind or you'll never grow. And there are always things as the world evolves because life is art, art is life. As things evolve, you need to be open and teachable so that, so that you can grow and contribute in maybe different ways that haven't even been highlighted yet. So in terms of getting into hair and makeup, what was your path to getting here? How did you start out? Accidentally. <laughs> so I started off as a dance teacher, and then I went into care work when I was like, I do not know what I want to do with my life, which a lot of people can relate to. Um, I did care work for three and a half years because I actually thought I was going to branch off into dance psychotherapy. And um, I thought, you know, I'm going to do care work and save my money, and then I'm going to go and study and do my master's. And I went to visit a friend in the States that was graduating from film school, and she saw me doing my makeup. And she's like, Daniel, you've always loved doing your makeup. Why don't you pursue this? And I just thought, after nine and a half years of dancing, while I loved it, it wasn't my passion, but I did have a serious love for it, I wasn't willing to step into that instability again. Um, you have to have such a resilient personality to pursue anything in the arts at a professional level. So I wasn't quite sure, but because she kept um, going on and on about it, and in my free time, I just thought, you know what, I'll just go to one of these open days at um, two of the schools that stood out to me, just because I was looking on the internet and they came up. And I just thought, you know, I said my little prayer, <laughs> and I said, if I get the loan, then it's a sign and I'm gonna do it. And I got the loan, so I decided to give it a chance. And um, we sat there on the first day and everyone went around and said they've always dreamt about being a hair and makeup artist. And they got to me and me being the Debbie Downer, <laughs> I said, I just got the loan, so I'm here. <laughs> and I'm really happy that I took that risk because I know I belong in the arts. This is my contribution to the world. Um, I just couldn't find my avenue. And that can be a very frustrating um, place to be when you're growing up because you're, you're, you're taught you should know what you want to do and then you pursue it. But sometimes it just doesn't happen that way. And sometimes you happen upon things and you're just so grateful that you did. So I started and thank God I found my passion because not only do I love it, I feel passionate about it. And when you wake up and you're passionate about something, it could be rain or shine, high or low mood, you know, this is where I belong, this is what I want to do. Oh, that's beautiful, that's so inspiring. <laughs> it's, it just puts a lot of pressure off someone like me who's like, what am I doing with my life? I need to have everything figured out and I need mm -hmm. to do all the work. Whereas from what you said, it's like, yeah, you need to have an idea of what you love doing, mm -hmm. but kind of like the universe kind of helps you out a little Absolutely. bit and, and opportunities spring up and eventually you will find something that does yeah. suit you, mm -hmm. which is just absolutely so inspiring. 
So as we do here, we ask each one of our guests to bring in a special mystery object mm -hmm. related to what they do. Mm -hmm. What did you bring for us today? It is black. It is in pantyhose. <laughs> <laughs> and it has cotton inside of it. And it almost looks like garlic. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think we use this for? For powdering faces? No, try again. Um, it, honestly, I think it just looks like garlic. As now you've mentioned garlic, I can't think of it. Okay, it's squishy. So this is what we call a dauber. So when we've glued a wig, you want to kind of make it seamless. So you want to push the lace into the, into the glue that's already on the skin. And you don't want anything that's going to add hair to the glue or um, leave any particles on it. So that's why it's in the pantyhose to protect the cotton from adhering to the glue. Um, yeah, it's a dauber. That's so nifty. Who came up with that? Tell me. You know, it's a mystery. <laughs> thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you whoever invented the dauber. <laughs> oh, and I have another one. That, I do know it's, what that is. That is like a, a powder powder thingy. It is a powder puff. There we go, powder puff, not a powder thingy. <laughs> so what's the difference is you can have a powder puff at home and you just think, oh, let me just put on my um, powder foundation and tap it in. But hair, because we're using so much face paint and you're putting layers on, etc., you're using a white powder or a translucent powder to literally push it into the paint so it can absorb some of the moisture and have that uh, fixing power. So you're using it with your fixing powder <laughs> and just pushing it in and just making sure that it can last for the, for the two hours that the show is going to go on. That's so nifty. It sounds like a science almost. It's oh. like, how do you make all these materials and layers stay on a face for two and a half hours through the sweat and the jumping around and the moving and everything? Right. <laughs> wow. So after seeing that dauber, it just seems like there's so many cool little things that you just have to kind of invent to make make it work and, and you know it's that's the professional object being used throughout all the the shows and stuff are there any other things like that well there are lots of them there are lots of tricks of the trade and that's nice about working in a team because you're learning from each other so sometimes it comes out of desperation and maybe something maybe the glue from the wig became loose and um, you don't have your dauber with you you might have your tail comb and you know that the metal won't adhere to the glue so you become inventive and then someone might have seen it and of course that was not my <laughs> idea someone may have seen it and say oh that's a really that's a really cool trick of the trade and so you just keep passing it on so that's the great thing about working in a team because you say how did you do this or how would you go about doing that and you're always learning new things and passing it on yeah it's like a little you're like a little group and you have your secrets you can all share within which yeah. also like brings like a nice sense of unity i guess between the hair and makeup yeah, team absolutely. it's like this one strong group yeah yeah <laughs> now leading to my one of my favorite parts of the podcast sessions i'm going to throw some questions at you mm -hmm. and you're just going to give me your first answers the quick fire yeah. question section <laughs> this might not go well okay <laughs> okay favorite musical honestly <laughs> yes uh strictly ballroom Ooh. Yes. I want to ask it, why, but I feel like I have to go. Yes, give me the answer. It's just why. so funny. Favorite character from a show? I guess it would be one that I can relate to most, which dun, 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 is Simba. Oh, Simba. It really is. Oh, I love that. I love that. Okay, <laughs> your dream show to work on? This one, Lion King. That's amazing. <laughs> what a beautiful answer. <laughs> your best memory working in hair and makeup? Ooh. Best I have to memory. think about this yeah, one. Yeah, I have to think. You know what? It would be just landing the job, just overcoming self-doubt, knowing that I put myself forward, knowing that 
I gave myself the best chance that I could and actually landing it, I cried. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, there's still moments that I cry because sometimes I have to pinch myself because it really was my goal. And like I said, I started retraining at 30. I didn't know I would have this just four months out of school, that someone would give me the chance. And um, not only did it come down to skill, but about your personality. And so I guess cohesively, it's quite complimentary. And and I'm, I'm really happy that I hit my goal. And I'd like to leave this with you because this is something that helped me a lot. If you don't live your dreams, someone else will. Fantastic. That was absolutely amazing and so inspiring. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been really a blast.